A city of justice A city of love A city of peace For every one of us We all need it Can't live without it A Gotham City Hello, and you are listening to the Gotham Chronicle podcast powered by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out the BatmanUniverse.net for many other great Batman-related podcasts. I'm Josh, and joining me is... This is Donovan. And I'm Tessa uh, Gooley, the daughter of Ralph Gooley, <laughs> a.k.a. Stella. And we're going to talk about the episode Everyone Has a Cobblepaw. Arnold Flass has been released from jail, and um, apparently uh, because of a testimony by none other than a Harvey Bullock. What? <laughs> It turns out that Commissioner Loeb has evidence on all the cops, and he uses it when he needs favors from them, and he just used it on Bullock. So Gordon wants to find this evidence and see if he can use it to take down Loeb and put Flash back in jail. So he goes on a road trip to a cabin in the woods with his buddies Oswald Cobblepot and Bullock, and they find a relative of Loeb's who helps him kind of bring down Loeb. In the meantime, um, Edward Nigma buys some flowers for his lady love miss kringle to find that she already has a new boyfriend alfred is in the hospital and doesn't want to give up the name of his best buddy who stabbed him that he hadn't seen in 20 years anyway because you know it wouldn't be proper uh-huh. apparently um barbara Keane is not doing a good job feeding the gotham city sirens because ivy is in the hospital to steal food although we don't see that and she finds Bruce. <laughs> she won't feed us. Let's go to the hospital. <laughs> I'm just like imagine like Barbara Keen like passed out after like a binger like on the bed face down. And like Ivy and Barbara are like seeing over like is she dead? I don't know but we're out of groceries. And they're like poking her with a stick like Barbara you have to go shopping. We need food. <laughs> uh, this is a couple for the show. <laughs> Come on, Barbara. <laughs> Poor Barbara's not even in this episode, and she's being bashed again. Um, Poor but so, Selene is able to learn, you know, of Bruce's predicament, and you know, shows up there for some support. Uh, we had another plot. Oh yeah, I'm like, what was the other plot? I blocked it from my mind. Fish Mooney awakens with a new eye that you know looks suspiciously like her old one with a contact lens, <laughs> and she offers to. <laughs> And the doll maker's like, all right, you've been the worst prisoner ever. What am I going to do with you? Execute you? How about making me your second in command? Huh, brilliant, done. To which the prisoners downstairs all say, WTF. And Fish finds out that she's on an island and escaping will not be so easy. Gotham. <laughs> Everyone and their cobblepot. Stella, you have a cobblepot. Did you enjoy your cobblepot that you received this I week? I did. Um, it was a little bitter in the center, but, I mean, the sweetness sort of uh, X's that out, so it's okay. Lots of, you know, if anyone's keeping score, because, uh, you know, we all like to talk about our lives, a lot has changed from last week to this week. Uh, last week, you know, Fish didn't have an eyeball, and this week she does. Last week, I, yeah, uh, last week, oh, no. uh, I didn't have any heat in my apartment, and this week I do, which oh, is wonderful. And uh, let, me, <laughs> let me first start with some little uh, little factoids that we may not have mentioned. So, 
last episode, I was listening to the manager talk, and I just thought to myself, oh my gosh, he really sounds like the question. And in this episode, actually, he is Jeffrey Combs, who is the voice of the question in Justice League. And then uh, the girl that we find trapped in the attic, not in the closet, uh, was Nicole Tom, and she was the voice of Supergirl. So you've got to uh, animate. Which Supergirl? Um, oh, the uh, anime series. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, hey, I actually, I really liked this episode. I thought that, uh, for lack of a, Uh-oh. really, did you guys not like this? No, no, no. I, I, I'll, I'll get to it. I, I, I yes okay. and no. Uh, I, I mean, I do have. I think the majority of the problems I have is with fishes. Excuse me, with fishes storyline, but that's more of like a moral ethical problem that I have with what she's doing. But I just thought that this episode was way more streamlined uh, than you know. The I guess it was. It's not like a great difference between the previous one and this one, but for some reason, I just feel like getting rid of some subplots just really pushes it along. I think the smallest subplot we had was, of course, uh, Bruce's, but even then, I, I think that we're able to get some really key and big moments that happen with it, and I, I feel like it's never a burden or an onus to watch his scenes, so I'm completely fine with that. But I just, yeah, I really liked the uh, the Bullock Jim. Moments, and I, I think that's really what made up the whole show. And then, you know, other people were attached to it, but it wasn't unnecessarily uh, attached and it wasn't superfluous or anything. But I think it really got down to what I imagined Gotham being, which was, you know, really a, a cop show, a Jim Gordon, you know, bullock buddy cop show. And so I thought that this one was especially strong because of. <clears throat> Because of the particular storyline that uh, everything was really centered around, I liked the uh, this kind of Gordon and uh, Bullock stuff. is always fun to see, uh, probably because it involved more of like the main characters and, and people that we'll see for a while. It wasn't just kind of throwaway plot, although it kind of appeared itself to be. And I liked that, that, that the fact that they were interacting with the Penguin again. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. I thought there would be a lot more development on the Bruce and Alfred scenes than there was. There was just like two scenes, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, so that was, I don't know if that was disappointing, but when I think about it now, I wish the, I expected the episode to be more on a follow-up of that. Uh, so I was surprised that there wasn't. I still don't like the fish scenes either. None of us are, none of us do. And we'll talk about that when we, when we get to there. But, um, was, was those, were those only really the three plots in this episode? There wasn't really many other tangents. It was Enigma. Um, so there was like Nigma and Bruce were both kind of like micro plots, but it was mainly like you know Penguin and Fish. Yeah, overall, I think I like this episode, but uh, I have problems with it. But like the pros outweigh the cons, but like just barely. But it wasn't like, there, were, uh, there wasn't a lot of great hate in this or any dislike. But uh, we we can talk it out and see if my mood will change. This episode was a very frustrating one for me to watch because. Um, there was problems like with the equipment at the gym and like I wasn't like <laughs> and like halfway through like I had to stop watching because like the the channel stopped coming in like and I missed like the first like five minutes or so and then like halfway through like it just wouldn't show anymore so I had to download the rest of the episode but um every scene that did not involve Fish Mooney I enjoyed like I was like this is what I want to see you know Gordon like trying to take down Loeb you know, Gordon and Bullock dealing with their fundamental differences, which was a big part of the pilot and which I'm honestly surprised, like, has not been a bigger part of the show these past few months. 
Because that's kind of what I thought, like, you know, the foundation of the show was when we saw it in San Diego. And so I liked, you know, I, I liked seeing, you know, the cowardly Harvey Dent again even and stuff like that. But the fish scenes were all just so frustrating to me in so many ways. And, like, any scene that did not involve Fish Mooney I enjoyed. Like, I love Bullock, you know, um, and we'll talk more about that when we get into, like, you know – the, the more focused plots, but like I love Bullock taking um, Fl- uh, Loeb's old partner and like putting him out the car door, like the, you know that type of stuff. Like this is fun. Can I ask uh, an ignorant uh, question really quickly? <laughs> so, no, I just have Don. Can uh, yeah. do uh, can black people have blue eyes, or genetically do they always have brown? <laughs> no, my um. My uh, a couple of my uncles do, and um, I I have a friend slash coworker who okay. does. Yeah, no, it's 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 not like a genetic defect or rarity, but like you know most of them have like mm-hmm. brown hair and brown eyes. But yeah, they can have they can have blue eyes and I green eyes. Yeah. I wondered if uh, Fish took the eyes of that lady that came in two episodes ago and said they took my eyes. Wouldn't that be iron irony? It would. Yeah, it's it's sort of like a uh, I don't know, like a one in five mm-hmm. kind of thing where it's. Just, I couldn't see that coming. Her eyes were like blue. I was wondering if she either had. It's not don't worry, It's not your question. I was wondering if she either had like contacts or they CGI'd her eye, iris. That might, I'm not sure if that would be more expensive or not. It, it looked like contact, and and honestly, that was like so incredibly like. Can I, can I actually, can I, Josh? Can I can I talk about how you and I found out about that? Go for it. Because I was okay. I was you know it was, it was one day I was minding my business uh, on Facebook, scrolling down on my home, and. The Gotham face, I guess the Gotham Facebook page or whatever said, uh, you know, a sneak peek to uh, a scene from all new Gotham. And it showed <clears throat> a large picture of Jada Pinkett, you know, uh, just as she has in her like bathrobe and stuff with her hair done up, with her like, like, like her eye intact and blue. I immediately screen cap it, like message Josh to say in big letters, what the hell is this? <laughs> because if you recall, Josh said, I really wouldn't want them to give her another eye or another. That would be really cheap. And we we were both fit to be tied. <laughs> we were like, this is, this is, they fixed it already. I thought they were going to give her like a cyborg guy or something. And not like, you know, it was, it was some sort of like, you know, you know, optic blast, laser, sleep Wilson kind of thing. But uh, I guess it was just like someone else's eye that she, you know, co-opted. But um, which is the same, like, you know, shape as hers and size. Uh, Stella, what do you think about the eye plot, uh, sort of story turn? Uh, I was shocked when it happened. Uh, but you know, I saw her lying in the bed with, with the, uh, with of course her, her eye bandaged up. Her governor cosplay costume. Uh, you know, and and I thought underneath that would of course be, uh, the socket or, or whatever they decided to do. And when he said, you know, we are, we're sort of low on eyes, but we gave you one. I thought to myself, are, are you being serious right now? And uh, didn't I even mention, <laughs> no, like, sorry. she was going to be like a husky? Didn't I say that last pod, like, last episode? Because we were joking and we were talking about different eye colors, and I said, yeah, she'll be like a husky. Because, you know, huskies have different eye colors. Uh, not all of them, but some of them do. The dog, a husky dog. Um, <clears throat> but I don't know. because I don't really like it. Um, and it, the reason why I don't like it is because I, I'm trying to think of what motivations uh, Duel Maker or Mocker would have in, in, yeah, in giving this other eye. Like, what would that purpose be? 
Um, and, and I just feel like it goes against what she did. So like all the symbolism and, and her putting her foot down literally on her eyeball goes out the window because now she's got an eyeball to replace it. So it feels like everything she did was, was extremely pointless. And so for that reason, I feel like, man, why, why not just keep her, you know, debilitated with one eye? I feel like that would have been more powerful than having a, a, a re- replacing that. My thing is that, like, they have not sufficiently given any reason why they are taking care of this woman, indulging her in her, you know, ideas and plans, and not basically using her how they see fit. Because what specifically has she done besides have that one lieutenant guy, you know, captured? I mean, they could just send down more. I imagine that there have, there have to be more henchmen to, like, you know, run the place. So when they gave her the other eye... I guess that's part of their experiments, but it was it was seen as as an act of like you know let's take care of you now that you've injured yourself and like let's it, and it feels completely unearned, completely illogical, and it's more to like the idea that like fish is this like secret character that we can't do too much with. Idea. Go ahead. Idea. Oh, I, I as an I. Ah. Ah. Yes. Um, get it? But that's, that's, that's my, that's, yeah, I get it. That's, <laughs> quiet, you. But <laughs> that's just my main thing. It's just like you know, we need to you know show fish movie so valuable that not, even the show will not treat her with harm. And that's just—I mean, they stabbed Alfred. You know, uh, we knew that Alfred would survive, but he's—he's he's still in the hospital. Fish is like walking around with another eye. The very next episode, and I would imagine like getting an eye yanked out is actually a lot more a, gr- a grievous of a of an injury than getting stabbed in the chest. But what do I know? <sighs> This is very, very disappointing. Um, I am very disappointed in Gotham for how they handled this because taking out an eye, like a character legitimately losing a body part is supposed to have long-term consequences. These are not long-term consequences, and unless they're going to reveal it. Like they put like a bomb or a fail-safe device behind her eye. Which it wouldn't even trigger if they did. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, or, she, or she'd find a way to like do something. I don't know, like – it's all all Fish has to do, like when she returns to Gotham or like when she eventually leaves this place, is get a contact lens that will like make her eye look like a different color, and you legitimately like she she will look no worse for wear. Like nobody in Gotham would even like be able to tell by looking at her that she lost an eye. Like they reverse this one episode later. That is very disappointing um, because last week was a shocking moment. It was so shocking that like. Friends who I had that I didn't even know watched Gotham were talking about it on Facebook. You got people buzzing. You pushed our buttons, but then you undermine that move one episode later. Like you undermined your own shocking move. I'm very. I, it sounds like I'm talking to like you know a misbehaved child, but like I am very disappointed in Gotham for doing it this way. I honestly. And then even when she got this new eye, it was played as like an evil thing. Like that. Like. Fish, like, takes off the patch and, like, looks in the mirror, like, all horrified, like, oh, no, they fixed my face. Evil. How dare they? First of all, I don't think eye transplants are actually possible in this day and age. Like, I've never heard of an eye transplant. Like, you know, you can fix an eye, you can you know, eye surgery, but to take one someone versus eye and stick it, like, I, I know it has something to do with, like, the brain, the optic nerves, and the connection with the other eye. And to, and to fix that in, like, two days is, like, truly fiction. And secondly, it, yeah, it's, it's literally, like, nothing's been done. Like, she has another eye. We've already seen, I believe we've already had the demonstration that they're, they're moving around body parts. So, what, 
about what is you know what is different from the last episode and the fact that like a potentially life-changing thing for her has basically been made invisible and taken out of play it's just a it's, it's, it's further example that the show just doesn't know how to like stick, stick to major events but uh i, I was just going to say, say i feel like part of the reason why she was horrified uh perhaps is just this this primitive um or primal thought that i mean there's another person's body part in me now uh and and i think that was pretty shocking as well but and you know i think you know she made this decision however rash it may have been to pull out her own eyes so i think for her perhaps uh this is also reflective of the show writer's uh wishy-washy nature uh and she was showing that with the fact that she was horrified that there was this <laughs> this eye in there thinking that i just i just spooned this out last episode and now i've got a new one they had the chance to do something really really great here and they squandered it i mean the rest of the plot was you know basically i yeah the office manager, you know, oh, our, our old friend, um, what did you say his name was, Stella? Jeffrey, Jeffrey Combs. Combs. the actor, but yeah. Okay, yeah, Jeffrey Combs. <sighs> that, that CGI was so poor. It was disturbing, even though really, it was poor. <laughs> it was disturbing because there's no way that he'd be alive. Because, like, because of how poor it was. You can't take someone's head off and attach it to a new body. Like, once the head is off, the person is dead. And the only other explanation would be is that, like, they slowly, like, attached women parts to him. But it doesn't look like that because, like, he has, like, woman hands. Like, it, it is very clearly, like, the hands of a lady. And well, I don't think, a little child. I don't think that you could, like – I think it had nail polish. I don't think you can, like, attach a new arm to someone and, like, the nerves, like – it's not like Legos where, like, the nerves, like, immediately attach wow. and – like you're able to move it, what an image. and just like everything is awesome. Just, everything just, is cool <laughs> when you're a man on a woman. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and like you know his tatas too. It was. Yeah, yeah that was actually the only thing. Oh, yeah, he did. I didn't know what had happened when when they were panned away until you saw his head, and then you could see like yeah. Well, why exactly? He did this because he, the guy failed in doing what uh, again? Well, with fish. He didn't manage fish well. That's so stupid. Like that is a lot of time and effort. Like you know, just say, oh, let me make a point. Let me put you know, let me let me build, have a build a bear, but with you in it and a, and a woman. And it's just well, like they, they would have to like put the tatas on his body because otherwise, like they just removed his head. Like is. I don't know. It, it well, put the hands. They put on him, and they give him like like a different like size of a torso, and like I think different legs and stuff. It's just, it's, it's, it's almost like he got drunk and did that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he, here's the other explanation. This is all a show to scare fish, and the office manager is like he has his head like under a sheet while like a woman is laying down with her head covered up with something, like kind of like those magician tricks. Where like it looks like it's one body, but it's really two. Photos with the dogs. and like the office man. Um, I don't know what like you're talking about, heads, but probably. But, but there's like a person in a business suit, so it's like a head of a dog. You know, what I'm ta- you've not seen those. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's totally, okay. Any, I would appreciate it if if the people who listen to this podcast like kind of respond back in the comment section and say what their response was when they saw all this like you know hokery pokery with the the limbs and stuff and how it came off in the show. Because this looks really dumb, but some people may have been kind of scared by it, I guess. 
So I'll be interested in hearing people's opinions on that. I think, you know, I I think we joked about it, but it would have been great, I think, to have, you know, her in an eye patch and, you know, come back to Gotham and everything. Because I think just that thing right there would show, just that eye patch would show how much she has been through. And I think that it really would have fit her personality and just how tough she is. And just, uh, I mean, now she's got a story to go along with this this blue eye here, but I just, yeah, I, I don't know what happened. This could be, like, forgotten about in a matter of years, like like five seasons from now, like, if Gotham is still running then, they would be like, oh, yeah, that's right, This that's not supposed to be Fish's original eye, whoops. Like, <laughs> It'll just be one of those things. Wait, wait, what is your, what, where is the end game to this? Is he going to come back to Gotham with like you know an army full of like you know randomly assembled limited people trying to take over the the, crime, the, the mafia? Like I, she's, I, I, she's so, going to turn Penguin into a real Penguin with Dollmaker stuff. Queen <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fish and her Dollmaker. Yeah, are I I have yeah. a problem with with uh, what she's doing. I can't really tell what her motives are. I think, you know, in the beginning of this, I thought no matter what, you know, she's going to lie to get into the, the good graces of Dolmacher. But in the end, she's going to stay, I think, somewhat uh, true to these people under there. But I feel like even though she could still be lying and it could be, you know, really elaborate, I, I just feel like she's betrayed everyone down there. And it's not like I thought Fish was ever a good person. But I didn't – I feel like she's sort of crossed even her own ethical line of, you know, how far she's about to – because she's, like, really getting in bed with the enemy here. And I was just shocked. No, I mean, she gave up that one guy who was – I mean, basically helped her from the very beginning. And then yelled, yelled at him, I told you people yeah. would – shut yeah, up. And, and that's – so, I mean, now she's willing – it's not, you know – uh beating up their own people it's not fighting and then because originally i thought they're all going to gang up on them and some of them may die i thought you know that's the you know that's the roman way of you know fighting for your country and if you die then that is a that is a rightful sacrifice but no this is we're going to sacrifice people in order to get our baked goods and our fruit and produce and things like that and i just feel like there's a disconnect with what originally she was going to do and now what we have here and just the fact that She's wandering the halls up up above, and he's asking her input on salsa dancing. Getting yeah, showers yeah, yeah, and clothes. I just feel like if I were a person in the basement, I really wouldn't want to trust her. Like I would feel betrayed, frankly. Even though you know we may get our food, that we've got this person on the completely other side that was with us, and now I mean physically she looks completely different, and. I just feel like she's crossed the line, and I, like I said, I, I've never thought Fish was a good person, but I thought perhaps we were going away, like she was going to do some honorable things in order to save these basement people, but it seems like just Fish is out for Fish, and, and anyone that she can use is going to be, and perhaps that was Fish from the very beginning, but, you know, I thought there was something deeper to her. I don't think she's ever shown any concern for anyone aside yeah, from Bush. that's true. What about Liza? Did she feel any was, towards Liza? I can't recall when she was being strangled. I think she was kind of surprised. That, like, oh, yeah. I didn't see that coming. But, like, she's not, like, crying over Liza. She didn't try and save Liza. She wasn't saying, like, no, Carmine. You don't hurt her. This was all my plan. Please don't do that. <laughs> I'm going to do it till like, the last episode of the show. Uh, or until she dies. Um, 
Or until they say recast her with like Florence Henderson. It feels that like when she was like, you know, I told you that people might. It feels like she's so defensive that like she's sticking by some sort of moral moral contract that she made for herself. But it really does not endear her to the audience or to me, mainly to me, because like. Like, what, what are we supposed to get from... Here's the thing. What are we supposed to get from these scenes, exactly? Oh, no. Fish is back, and she has an army full of, you know, freaks that are, like... To me, the, the, whole, the whole thing is just very Ill, badly written, and just, uh... I don't get why we're supposed to, like... How we can care about this, besides the fact that it's weird and, you know, uh, making from Amazing Spider-Man 2 is, like, you know, telling her... Giving her orders and stuff. It's just very bizarre. I mean, and then from the, I'm thinking about what Stella said about Fish and her loyalties. Like from the very beginning, you know, like Fish was ready to betray Carmine Falcone, her employer. I mean, she's always thrown people under the bus. She was sleeping with the Russian, but she was going to like, you know, oust him once she got in control too. And she lied to Liza about, you know, her mother and everything too, which actually I was thinking about. Like, wasn't, um, um, Fish's mother singing at the club in that episode, which would mean that like everyone that owns the club has their mom sing mm-hmm. at least once. Just food for thought. Or even uh, did Falcone ever own the club or not? He didn't. No, no, he didn't. It because like Butch says, like you know, Fish and I built this club up together. It was a cockfighting place. It took forever to get the snow out. <laughs> when does Butch sound All like the time, that? <laughs> have you been watching Gotham Monday at eight nine central? <laughs> It's not like he was punched in the stomach by a cigar. <laughs> by a cigar. Look up, look up, look up, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, never mind, by yellow pants. I wonder Let's what, you know, the do you think the actors realize, like, hey, my, my character's very inconsistent? I don't think if they, they If they do, then they're not going to say it in an interview because, like... Yeah, they don't want to bite the hand that feeds them. Yeah, well, and, you know, and you're trying to promote the show, too. You're not going to say, well... Like, Jaden Pinkett Smith's not going to say Fish's storyline really sucked this season. If, if actors ever come out against that, it's something that they do, like, years later. Like, if the show does go on for years and years, they might say, like, yeah, Fish was kind of inconsistent in the first season or something like that. No, I think but, that, like, uh, I think that, like, um, I know for a fact that Jaden Pinkett Smith loves doing this show. I think that as long as they're doing something weird and crazy, it doesn't matter if it makes no sense. So they probably enjoy it. I mean, I mean, Erin Richards has said that she's like she's expressed enthusiasm about playing Barbara King still. Uh, the Bruce and Alfred plot, where um, which was like I guess two or three scenes of Alfred deciding not to sell his friend out. Um, Bull crap. Uh, yeah, you know, like especially if like they're suspecting that this might have something to do with the Wayne board, which a you know. Which might also have something to do with the murder of Bruce's parents. It's like, oh look, a lead in the Wayne murders. Just what Gordon has been looking for since the pilot. Should we give it to Gordon? No, it's not right. It's like Alfred, you know, the parent who won't take the suicidal kid to a psychiatrist. <laughs> the, the one who like takes the kid from school and like makes him go to the bully's house to beat the bully up. The one who watches, you know, as you with a broken leg are struggling to climb up a mountain and like doesn't help you. The one who the one who does all of those things, you know, is now saying like, ah, oh, someone trying to kill us, you know, like target us. No need to go to the police with this, especially like the one cop that is our friend and that has consistently like come through for us and like not only has come through for them, but like has put it on the line for them. On the principle of we settle these, like I always say, like a gentleman settles things themselves. Shut up! Like, like, like he could have killed Bruce, honestly. He might come back to do that. 
And I don't even think that they were that close because, like, if Alfred didn't even know that this guy's wife had died and they hadn't seen each other in 20 years, that's not a close relationship. Like, everyone has friends that they haven't spoken to in a while, but... (laughs) This guy who tried to rob us, he could have killed Alfred! Oh, no, we we don't don't do... I can't say anything more than just that was dumb, and I didn't buy it. I also sometimes wonder... Why, when people's heart monitors are going off and giving a flat line signal that no one's rushing in to help, but I guess they need a little, you know, one-on-one conversation. So we don't need those bothersome uh, <laughs> nurses coming in. Um, I think it's a little bit strange, and obviously Gordon knows that something's weird since Bruce is obviously going to go and uh, and say something and then... Uh, Alfred interrupts him, so uh, that wasn't very smoothly done. Um, you know, I have to. I think it's a it's a little hypocritical, just because I, I feel like when Bruce started his whole "I'm going to investigate these people," Alfred thought that perhaps that wasn't the best idea or use of his time and means. And I feel like now we have the reversal because now Alfred wants to do investigation and basically take care of his friend, which I wonder what that means. I mean, are we talking eye for an eye? Is he going to stab him but go all the way situation? Maybe he'll take out his eye and give it to Fish. Okay. Because remember, Alfred and Fish have that thing from Lovecraft. That they do? I forgot about that. Um... (laughs) I, yeah, I had to think way back because that's not been developed at all. You know, I, I feel like he doesn't owe his friend, his friend, as Harry Osborne would say, uh, anything. And that uh, – Is Harry Osborne Southern in this case, friend? Yes. Uh, he doesn't owe him anything. So the only positive I can say is that perhaps he's looking a couple steps ahead and thinking if, you know – of course, the only one who mentioned the board was Bruce. But if he's thinking about who could – have hired him and he thinks about the board, then perhaps he's also thinking about the dangerous repercussions that could come from getting involved in this and that more could be at stake. So that's my only thinking that he feels like this is bigger than than everything else. Though in the back of my mind, as Bruce was saying, I think it was the board who did this. I honestly think if I was in this situation, would I go to that sort of conclusion? Or would I have just thought of, you know, like this alcohol-addled guy looking for something. But I guess the only connection we have is the fact that some of Bruce's files were stolen. So I think that's, like, the only script connection that we had. But otherwise, I don't know if I could really see, like, hey, this guy coming into our home out of of nowhere, stabbing Alfred and leaving. This obviously points to the board. Uh, But, yeah. Well, and he did just talk to the board the previous week before that happened. Why would he assume right away that they would, like, go out and take care of him? Because he thinks everything has to do with the death yes. of his parents. He's, he's, he's looking for any clue that he can get. Um, like I said, it was kind of a microplot. Although, like, Alfred was very, very alert in the first scene. He was awake. He was having conversations. But, like, later on, uh, when Selena goes to visit Bruce... He, Bruce is reading to Alfred as if Alfred's in a coma. But we know that Alfred's not. Like, he's just sleeping. Reading to him if he's asleep. Like they order that you do this. Get some rest. He did, but like, don't. When you read to like someone, you do it when they're awake or if they're in a coma. You don't just do it if they're like taking a nap. In fact, like I'd be annoyed, Boston Bruce. I'm trying to get some <laughs> bloody sleep. Besides, <laughs> <laughs> I was I was shocked and disappointed that like the plot did not want Alfred and Bruce to tell Gordon that they're stabbed by this guy right here, the guy whose name I forgot about already. It's Reginald, 
Original British. Because it's, it's like, <laughs> why, why... Obviously not Alfred. Why not capitalize on that sort of point? Isn't it interesting? When we saw Selena Kyle and she said, oh yeah, Ivy and I sometimes steal food from the sickies. And I'm like, what yeah. kind of person steals food from a hospital patient? That was my first thought. Uh, number two, how are these kids not caught in the hospital? Uh, but, uh, you know, she came out of the blue and I thought, well, what a nice actual moment for her. And she's being actually... Uh, kind and and doesn't have any ulterior motive or a backhanded thing to say so she's actually i i thought that this was a nice selena kyle uh which was great to show that she's actually human and uh when they used her i thought to myself huh i wonder if she's going to play a part in finding his friend because remember alfred isn't alfred the one who says you know if he's on the streets for too long we'll never find him and so i wondered if selena is going to play a part in the future where obviously she's got this street system down and and maybe she'll help she'll actually do her part cuz she sort of failed in the the bruce the in the wayne situation so maybe she'll do her part here and help out well, and she says, you know how to find me. And I'm thinking, no, he doesn't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's like, you know, you know how to find me. It's like, what, do I have to be, just be at home while you break into the window again like you always do? Because, like, he, like, wandered the streets before and eventually, like, bumped into Poison Ivy by luck. Like, yeah, we're, li- we're living with the frog woman right now. I do have, I, God, Jesus. <laughs> I do have a, have, a, have a thing about uh, we steal food from sick people. Yeah. We're, we're, that is like... <sighs> She, she she's not a little she's she knows it. okay granted, granted she's selena kyle so her morality is very up in the air but uh, what the crap <laughs> come on uh, i, I uh, joked about it in the recap but like why would they need to steal food isn't like barbara Keen feeding them Maybe, maybe the part of talking about the past, not, not not like you know. The reason I'm here is because I'm stealing food from somebody who has you know. Little, yeah, little, but, they're but, doing but, it right then. But but they've been living. Yeah, they, she says like that's how Ivy found out that Alfred was there. Yeah, or saw did Barbara, Barbara Keen teach them? No, I guess they <laughs> left. What do you mean? I I think they had to leave at some point. Selena doesn't like to. Or stay it might be one of those things where like old habits die hard. You know, where like even though they have a steady supply, stealing of food, food from sick people is a habit. Like, they can't break... For them, it is. We're like, it's, you know, it's just something that they do, and maybe they needed some space because Barbara was, like, being weird in the middle of the night. What? (laughs) Being weird, like, putting them in front of mirrors, saying, like, you know, your beauty is a weapon. Why am I talking like Fish Mooney? I mean, I would guess that, like, even though they're stealing food from sick people, it's probably, like, cafeteria food or something. Like, because if you're really sick, don't they, like... You know, feed you through a feeding tube, and I don't think that that's what they're eating. Well, it's not like, like any good anyway. They needed a reason for like Selena Kyle to like know that Bruce was there, and that was the best they could come up with. If, if, but if they say, you know, sometimes we like you know we grab food like whatever. If they didn't say we steal food from sick people, then I would be I would be far less utterly galled. But like, you know. They're never shown to be like you know malnourished or emaciated. So why is it like, like you know, you know, Selena Kyle who just randomly she's introduced stealing a whole grocery bag from a guy with no problems whatsoever. Let me break it to this. He was sick. Maybe I don't know. It's just that's just like you know, 
that took me out of of like me liking the character whatsoever. Like, what the hell? I, I liked with her and Bruce, and I was actually waiting to see if Bruce would like throw you know like their last conversation back in her face when she's like, "We're not friends, kid." You know, and like you know, and I lied about everything. I don't like what but she calls. I, it. That's always annoying. It's it's what she's they not, do. She's not that I mean, much older. Like, oh, kid, come on! I was like, you know, isn't he like your size? I Maybe think she wants to feel like she's more mature than him. She's she's superior. She has uh, more experience on the streets and everything. But in in the Batman in the Superman animated series, like Lois always called Clark Smallville, and then that carried over into the comics and into the show Smallville. So, like watching in really? the, that what in they the did mo- yeah, oh yeah, yeah, the the Bruce Tim animated series. So now like in the comics, like Selena Kyle's gonna randomly be calling like forty five year old Batman kid. Okay. <laughs> then I guess the other microplot would be um the courtship of Edward Enigma and Miss Kringle. Um I didn't know that she was dating Flash. I just thought they were friends. Yeah, but, yeah what is okay. up with that? Like I I I, I could have sworn that like Enigma was mistaken mm-hmm. at the end that she was dating Flash, but seriously like I, I feel weird that like this woman like very easily gets into like these relationships with these like jerk cops. Like, well, and when Flash was being arrested, like, and the whole cops, like, the police station was looking down at it. Like, she was like right there, like with the crowd, like watching, like. But she didn't seem like emotionally invested, like the way that a girlfriend would. It feels like it's just thrown in there, just to just. I don't, I don't. I'm not even sure why. That's. I, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like it fits. To be honest, that like, oh, it's because I was with Flash. Flash romantically, that like I'm. It's like, really, really, and why would you be? Ah, whatever. I mean, I, I know we still don't know why she was crying in that one episode. Well, there's, I know there's, there's a trope of like you know girls like bad boys kind of thing, but like that feels completely against what we've seen of her. You know, she she, she won't tolerate Ed, uh, Edward Nigma, which granted he is weird. She shouldn't, but like she'll put it with like you know these guys who are very obviously louts. Like, uh, yeah, uh, that's 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 that's. I, I find that 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 reads strange to me. Yeah, I mean, we don't really know that much about the character, except that like she cosplays like she's in 1955, yeah. like including like having her initials on her sweater, like she's from Laverne and Shirley. She does a little. She's like she's about like 30 years out of date with the show. 30 years? Oh, try 50, 60 even with or something glasses, like. Yeah. I know, like she's I'm a hipster. For this. A hipster? I don't think so. I thought her boyfriend was a nice. Her new boyfriend was a nice enough guy. Like he didn't seem like a jerk. He was friendly to Edward. Like it's the only time that I've ever seen a cop who wasn't Gordon like be like friendly to Edward Nigma. He was like, "Oh, cool, you like riddles," and like, and he tells him a riddle. Like he he wants to play with Edward. Like he's a dead he seems man. like a nice guy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the countdown of death has started for that guy. He's still yeah. Whenever, whenever Enigma snaps, that guy's like you know going to be like the punctuation period on a on a on a question mark, like over a building. Or he'll be like, oh, he likes riddles, and he's better at riddles than me. That must mean that that's why Miss Kringle likes him. I must be the best riddler ever. Um. Otherwise, I mean, I, if like I said, it was a micro plot. So like, how much it, again, really it's it's to- like you know every episode is like like Miss Kringle. Would you like to do this? Oh, sorry, Edward. No, he, he, like, he makes a face, and like it's, we've had that like exact scene like four times now. I'm starting to sound on this episode because like not not a lot of things happened that I actually liked when I'm thinking about it now. I, I hate. Well, because we didn't talk about like the really cool plot line yet. Um, but actually, there's something that Edward does to Miss Kringle that I really hate, and he does it often, which is like she will like start to walk somewhere, and he will purposely like block her path, and she will try to get around him, and he will block her path again. And 
that that is very like nerving for me. Well, that's just that's just complete harassment because you know yeah. I mean, not, nothing that Edward's doing is actually like you know we don't like him because we want to see him succeed and get getting to get together with her because he legitimately is creepy. We like him because he's the Riddler and and maybe we like the Riddler I guess maybe. But uh, no, another one that he's doing is actually I mean getting your flowers is one thing, but like you know. Messing with her personal things, you know, not kind of creeping up on her. This guy needs to be like having a restraining order, like yesterday. Wow. Well, do you disagree? You think behavior is like acceptable? I don't think it's as bad as it was. I think it's much better, but I think it's much better also because her reactions and uh, she's a little more accepting of him. But I think she tolerates it. Yeah, now. I mean, the things he says is still awkward. But I think compared to what else, what, giving her the cupcake and thing, I think we really have progressed uh, so that it's not the same old, same old situation. Uh, I, too, was surprised and shocked to hear that she was dating Flass, and I felt like something happened in off-panel end, or all of a sudden the writers made like a 180 or like a switch direction. Uh, the reason why she was crying, if you remember from that past episode, I thought, I guess in terms of this episode, I thought that there was she had some sort of cobble pot actually uh that he had something on her Ooh. or she was she like she was doing something or perhaps she was you know some sort of uh not really a double agent but you know someone that was maybe working for carmine or, or something in the gcpd so i thought that that would be interesting that's what i was thinking uh so to hear that they were dating is bad and then you know, he gives her this uplifting thing of you know he's not a nice guy and you deserve so much better and she said yeah you know i've there are much better people out there and so you think like and of course like him you think oh maybe you know she's uh she's telling him that he's an okay guy but then no it's probably this other person and he that guy slaps her butt right in front of edward to like basically show in a he-man way like she's my possession and i just Mm -hmm. thought you went from one bad relationship to perhaps a nicer guy but still someone who doesn't respect you and so i think that she's got a lot of stuff to work out uh on her own personally and probably should not be with any of the the law enforcement people at all, but uh, so that's a little bizarre. But I did feel bad for poor Edward. He had those flowers, which didn't look very good. But I guess they were white roses, but they looked kind of weedy. Maybe maybe there was like a riddle involved in yeah. them. But those, I mean, he, you know, he could have come on so much stronger. But instead, he says, you know, do you have any dinner plans? So I, you know, I thought it was well done the way he uh, came on to her. I thought it was better. So I, I overall, I think that there's improvement. Yeah. I mean, and Miss Kringle has grown on me as a character. Like, you know, even though like most of the plots with her have kind of been the same, and it's it's kind of obvious, like that, like she's going to be the reason why Edward Nigma turns evil. You know, but like we'll see if I'm wrong. Yeah, or maybe she'll be the Riddler. Wow. To like honor him. Wow, you're so smart, Josh. The other plot line of the episode was, which was actually the main plot line and the one that I enjoyed of Gordon. Teaming up with um, Oswald Cobblepot and Bullock, which like I, these three characters being together—that's right, yeah, yeah, hard with Dead for like five minutes, like well, more than five minutes, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. The the first, room first that's a special moment. Yeah, and 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 okay. Dent, like. And the lighting in that cafe, that the, the same cafe that they went to in the pilot with, like, you know, Crispus Allen and Renee Montoya, oh. who I wish we'd see. But, like, when they went to that cafe, the lighting was just perfect oh. enough so that Dent would have two faces, oh like, the whole oh time. My. Yeah. But actually, yeah, like, how do we feel about seeing Harvey Dent again? 
Um, you want to go first? Though? Sure. Uh, he actually had a purpose, I think, in this one. The and he didn't make some sort of long-winded speech using the Elmo. Uh, uh, what are those called? Overheads, uh, which was great. So I, I felt like he actually had some action to a certain extent with this, and he used his uh, his wiles, and uh, we got to see a nice team up with with him and Jim. Because I feel like the other time it was meeting him, and he was playing, you know, ADA and everything, but. You know, there was only an interaction with Jim. There wasn't a lot of, you know, sort of fellowshipping, as I like to say. So here, uh, I thought was good because they're they're teaming up, which was, in a way, it was sad because, of course, that moment where they leave the locker room and he says, "Do you want to tell Bullock?" and he said, "No." And I thought, "Oh, that's so sad." But and then uh, they walk by Bullock, and Bullock looks at them. I know, and yeah, he's sad. Yeah, wondering why he doesn't get to go potty. Um, <laughs> Why does he get to go? What? Are you drinking? Huh? Are you drinking something? No. You know how like you're about to go outside and like your dog gets all excited because this dog he too wants to go outside and thinks like yeah 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 so it's super excited like yeah 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 outside outside and then you go and close the door and the dog is super upset because he wants. I know to that all too well. Yeah. See. How insulting that you thought I was inebriated just because I made a wonderful thing that you people, you people. I love your impression of a dog. You're you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Anywho, so it was, I thought it was great that they're actually doing stuff together. They're going out and sort of solving things. It was just, it it gave me uh, a thought for the future when we have um, the long Halloween before the, the poop hits the fan. And also year one, I'd say. Doesn't he appear in year one? It's been a little while since I've read that. Yeah, yeah, he and Gordon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gord- Gordon accuses him of being Batman. Yeah. So, yes, I I enjoyed it. And and I don't think we need to be oversaturated with Dent. I don't think the time is right for that now, but I think little pieces, whenever he fits, I don't think we need to force him into plots, but I think that this worked uh, because he was a Bullock substitute. And then, of course, when it was time, then Bullock said, you may not want to be here for this stint, which I thought was awesome. Dent's kind of a coward. He is? Why? Well, remember, like, with the mayor, you know, at the end of Lovecraft, when, like, you know, he he was kind of, like, he basically kind of cowered to the mayor. And in this episode, too, you know, when it was, like, I don't think you want to be here for this, like, he didn't insist on seeing this through. You know? Well, I think I think he's he's a bit of a goody two shoes though, and I think Bullock was thinking of that, just like you don't want to see my methods, and Jim is already used to it, so I think he, I. I felt like that was in character and that Dent wouldn't want to be sullied for any reason as well. Okay, Harvey Dent. Uh, I still, I'm, still, I'm still not crazy about the actor or his acting choice of like, you know, being like a, mm-hmm. a car salesman of a, of a lawyer. Because I, I, I do kind of prefer like, like the Aaron Eckhart approach. But uh, it, was, it was okay. I like seeing Gordon and Dent together, but that's just because I like seeing the characters together more so than like, like this interpretation of the actors. Um, I don't know. I don't I don't care for how Dent's done this. It's just not my personal take on it, but I guess just on the, on the fact that they're the characters together alone, though, it's kind of interesting. And I liked how it led into him working with Harvey, and Harvey trying to, like, you know, sort of, like, uh, help out his, his partner, and not constantly what's out, like, you know, don't you understand? If we mess with this guy, we'll be killed, see? It's like, you know, that's that's gotten old, so I'm glad that like they kind of broke out of that. Um, I was reminded of the Mass of the Phantasm when he broke through the fence with the car. Uh, yeah, when, when he when he rescues when Bullock rescues them, I was thinking, oh, like when Andrea Beaumont rescues Bruce, and, and it was Bullock who was mad about that. Oh yes. Uh, so I I actually really liked when it was 
uh, Cobblepot, Bullock, and Gordon all together because it made for an interesting situation that, like, you know, Jim will owe him something, and, you know, they, they're trying to, like, they're working together, but they're not, like, you know, they're not, like, friends or whatever. I, I actually really, really did enjoy that dynamic. Um, are we going to move into, like, the whole Commissioner Lowe daughter thing, or is that for, like, the second? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, let's let, – let, that, that was this plot line. Let's talk about it. That was, like uh, – I okay, uh, uh, I didn't like it either because that, that was just like very weird. Her like you know, oh, these are my dollies and whatever. They very bizarre, very like where 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 is this coming from? I, Someone I, I, on the internet brought up that like because she's in the middle of the wilderness and in a house, there's no reason to keep her in the in the basement. She could have like free reign of the house. But they keep her in what, the, what did you guys think about that part? Or the basement? I, I the attic. I meant to say that was saved for me by the whole you know Bullock Gordon and Penguin interaction because like. That's really what that was about. Like, um, I was kind of actually—I thought that that was actually like a disappointing resolution to the plot line, but I didn't care that much. And, and honestly, um, and, and you're both gonna laugh at me, but like, I was thinking, ooh, if Jim, you know, takes out Loeb, then Sarah Essen can become commissioner, mm-hmm. and then and then that's good, and then I like that. And Sarah Essen was commissioner in the comics briefly. When uh, Jim was fired, and like, yeah, l- l- let's do that, but then that didn't happen. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, the whole like, you know, if you take me down, another person just as bad as me will, will, you know, take my place, and that was basically why Loeb is still there. It's kind of like what you say, Josh. There's still, there's way too many characters who have to survive for another decade before anything happens to them. So it's kind of kind of neutralized well, any threats to their character. I don't feel like Loeb being commissioner for the whole series is like something that like is required. Like, I don't want Harvey Dent to become Two-Face, but, like, if something happens to Loeb, I don't think that that would be the end of the world, because, like, it really doesn't matter. But this is what I like it when the show's about, like, the police corruption and everything. Mm -hmm. And I do think it was interesting that uh, Jim was able to be so accepting of going to Penguin, especially because, like, the last time he went to Penguin, which was, I think, I think that that was for the Flash thing. You know, which which actually might be another reason why Jim is so mad because now like Flash isn't you know going to go to jail and Jim had to like do that more morally like you know questionable stuff and like that guy's family got tortured so you know which would be another reason for them to be mad but he seemed like because an episode or two later Bullock's like let's go to Penguin and Jim was like insistent no and here he does it I wish that there would have been a little more like trepidation about it but i can kind of you know forgive that somewhat and i love how excited the penguin was like when he sees jim gordon walk into his club oh my gosh like he he is in love with jim gordon i know he's like i'm so happy to see a favor from jim gordon oh gosh you know like this is the best day of my life i'll tell you what i really liked i liked at the end when he had those two like old people like Oh, kind of do each other in just they said oh you know, the reason I, I said one of whether i had one ticket so i only had one show i thought that was cool and i i, I like i like seeing penguin dangerous and lethal and not just this kind of sap who just gets beat up by everybody and it was very similar to what fish did to find out her uh person that was going to go and be uh, a spy for her because remember she had the two girls do get out oh yeah and that's yeah. how liza the so origin it, was, of Liza. it was reminiscent of that. Yeah, I felt like a lot of this episode was certainly reminiscent of little pieces in the past coming full circle. You know, we we even heard in in the commissioner's speech. You know, the the I don't stand up here in front of you often, but it looks like you know, I'm when I do, I'm with Jim Gordon. And certainly he was, and and it was a different 
circumstance because remember the last time he uh, Jim threatened the commissioner uh, right up there so now and here we have the commissioner backing Jim so again I think you know we're seeing Jim not so clean uh, getting the job done in in the way that uh, I guess he feels he needs to and it may not be the best way so here he is in fact you know a little ruthless and and using uh, that girl upstairs uh, as the or the cobble pot, I guess it was his cobble pot there, in order to get some uh, stuff to hang over the commissioner's head, and yes, yeah, so that that was certainly an interesting, interesting development. I do wonder what's going to happen if he really will make it and be the uh, the president of this police union. Um, the girl upstairs, Nicole Tom, there. It was a little disturbing. Also, when she said, I really like birds, I thought, oh, dear, is she going to kill Cobblepot? Or is this a shipper right now? Um, <laughs> she looked like a little bird. Just, yeah. Um, you know, it was sad. Like, when we first met her, uh, even you can tell, obviously, that there, there, there was something going on. I thought it was also just very tragic. Uh, and I feel like I've seen, you know, a couple movies like this where, you know, the parents are embarrassed by, you know, their child. And so they, they leave them up here. And obviously she's she's not fully formed. Uh, and uh, so it was sad. And I think it the turn was when she brought out the necklace because she had my empathy and, and sympathy. And then all of a sudden she has this necklace and she's talking about how she's breaking these birds. And you realize that she's not... Uh, I mean, she may be broken and damaged, but also, I mean, there's something really wrong there. And that was my shift there. And uh, But it was nice to see that, you know, the commissioner actually had a heart because I feel like we just were vi- envisioning him as this corrupt guy uh, that was only out for himself, similar to Fish. But here we see that, you know, he actually does care for her and, and wasn't necessarily embarrassed for her. And, you know, he said those people, Ma and Pa Kent, to uh to protect her and you know keep her in the house and everything so uh yeah i i think that that moment also it, it made it seem like every everyone does have a cobble pot i mean what a stupid title but i think it yep. really brought a lot of the cast members and and characters together in ways that you never really would have envisioned i don't think you would have really seen any connection between these characters but in fact they they are more similar than you would think and and i think gotham city's really what's bringing them together because you've got to do some bad things to, in order to survive in the city so despite the terrible title i thought that there was a great theme running throughout with this yeah um i do think it's weird that the commissioner had a teenage daughter at the time of his wife's death which would mean that like um like she didn't go into hiding until like her mom died when she was a teenager but basically in the in their investigation of Loeb, like the fact that he had a daughter who disappeared mysteriously like never came up it was i thought I don't know. Was it was it weird for anybody else? Like they, they had this crazy daughter. Like I, I, I that that I don't want to talk too much about it to put too much final point on it. But like I don't know. That that had me feeling some kind of way. It, it was very very like random and ex, like like extreme. I thought and I, I, the entire time when she was doing her like you know, like oh what happened to your mom? Oh well blah 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 blah. blah. I was kind of just rolling my eyes. Yeah, I didn't like the daughter aspect of it, but, but the rest of the plot I liked. You know, I like Bullock. My favorite scene might have been Bullock, you know, taking the guy, you know, out of the car door and, like, 
as Gordon, you know, drives and looks through the rearview mirror and just, you know, Gordon going after the cops. That's the stuff I like. That was Everyone Has a Cobblepot. Gotham will be taking a break until April 13th, but mm-hmm. um, stay tuned because we might have a special surprise for you before Gotham comes back. And when we do come back, we have four episodes left this season, so... How do we feel about that? That's like a very interesting thing. Or it's about bloody time. It, do you think that they can wrap like everything? Because to me, like even though like you know I'm good for a summer break because I love the show, but this podcast you know is ex- exhausting to do week after week. But you know I feel like whenever they haven't done something in a while, I always think, well, they have the rest of the season to get to it. But things like. I would hate for the first season to close and we never see Renee Montoya and Christmas Allen again. And, like, that's all that they did was, like, participate in, like, three episodes this season where they played active roles and everything else was just cameos. I just feel like there's so much that they have to do. And hopefully, you know, they'll ramp things up, you know, until the season finale. But I don't know. Like, where would you like to see them go between now and the end of season one? I want to feel like, the, the, like all the points of contention that were put on the first episode, the pilot, mainly like the whole, like mystery of the Wayne's murder, are like not definitively solved, but like there's a major step where like you know it, this is the only place it could go, and this keeps our excitement to see what's what's going on to, into the second season, and that you know whatever little plots they have going on now are not as important as the ones that they set up at the very beginning of the series. I forgot to mention something in our normal thing. Um, did anyone find it strange that Penguin bought a wine that Mulroney really loves? Uh, he didn't say he didn't say Falcone. He said this is his favorite wine, Mulroney's favorite wine. And I thought, uh, why when are did you he, buying that? When did he say that again? <clears throat> so when Jim and uh, Bullock walked in and he was unwrapping that thing and he said, did you know it's the Madre di Dios made in Italy and there are only 100 made? And he said, this is this is Mulroney's favorite wine and I it pays to have information and I have information. Maybe he has that so he can like appease Moroni at like a special time. Like, Don Moroni, please, please, I... I, I I I have the wine that you want. <laughs> oh gosh, can you grow out your hair for San Diego and do the crazy spike stuff? Cosplay like, a penguin. Po- I, I cosplay think I, the penguin. I think I have more of like a Butch Gilvizian like body type. <laughs> it's Gilzine. Gilzine, okay. Butch Gilzine, yeah. Gilviz, Gil. So yeah, you're making it more complicated. Is I this is what I so I feel like we're at a point in the show where I honestly don't really know where we're going, um, and I don't know if that's my fault for like not. Why, why is it your or, fault? I don't know. <laughs> you're on the show every single week. You pay attention. Like it's it's not well, like that's you're true, but maybe like some people are saying, how can you not see where it's going? I think. It's just there are so many things that are like taking us off this straight and narrow path. So with Bruce Wayne, I think something's going to happen with the board. I, I think I guess that's where we're leading. Obviously, the parents is not. I, I that's not obviously going to happen. So I think there will be some sort of uh, conflict with the board directly. And I guess this guy, our our friend, will be our our catalyst for that. I think that uh, Fish 
is going to get out of this situation, out, out of Alcatraz somehow, and she'll pop up back in off Gotham at the very end, maybe standing face to face with Penguin because I think that's like the, the that's the epic image that these showrunners like to use. Uh, Gordon and Bullock, I I I don't really know. I mean, I feel like. They'll just be. Do- I I just can't see like any cliffhanger that you can do. I feel like we're just pushing those characters on. Maybe uh, maybe, maybe Bullock gets together with Barbara and Jim sees it and the Chloe oh. Sullivan music plays. Wow, that'd be interesting. Are they in a barn or are they in our loft? They're in um, they're in the barn. Oh, I see. Oh, the barn that was in this episode. Sure, why not? Okay, um, you know who knows if or Barbara the Oh dear, maybe Barbara will. Uh, I don't know, but I mean Barbara, <sighs> she needs to do something. She's either going to hit rock bottom, rock bottom, and uh, then next season she can pick herself up and become a decent character, or she's just going to be this one note person for the rest of the season. Um, but I guess are those our major things? Uh, I, I feel like hopefully Jim and Lee continue throughout the season and the next season if they decide, you know, to end it. But I just, yeah, it, it's very hard for me to see where this could end. Because I think some some shows are very clear. Like, this is probably where they're leading. But this one, it's just tough with the different storylines to see what happens. So the only thing I'm confident about is that I think Fish is going to get back to Gotham by the end. And I feel like that's where we're going to end that season finale. That, like, Fish is back in Gotham. In terms of, like, not knowing where a show is going to go. If if any of you are binging Breaking Bad and you don't want spoilers, po- fast forward your podcast about like forty five seconds to be safe. I never would have imagined watching Breaking Bad at any point that the show would end with him building a robot to kill a bunch of Nazis in the last episode. So until next time, this is Josh. This is Donovan. And this is Tessa. And you've been listening to the Cobblepot Chronicle Cobblepot. I'm charging by This guy's here. Are you guys here yet? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm here now. Uh oh, wait a minute. Were you guys here the whole time? I was. Oh, I have, I've only been here for a second. Why? He was doing something. Uh, no. oh. Hello, and you are listening to the Gotham Chronicle podcast powered by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out the BatmanUniverse.net for many other great Batman-related podcasts. I am Josh, and joining me is... Uh, my name is... My name is... Uh, this is Donovan. My name is what? My name is who? Oh, I'm Slim Shady, the real Slim Shady, so <laughs> this is one of the strangest things that's ever happened. We should, to me. We should change it to I'm Ralph Cooley, so all you Ralph Cooley. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Did we mention that in Gotham, Raz Al Ghul is a rapper named Ralph Cooley? Yeah. Oh, that's why I leave the show running and kicking and screaming. <laughs> he goes to Amanda Parbet to brush up on his skills. 
He's filming a music video where he's like walking wistfully in the sand, like, yo, this song, this jam's for anyone out there who's ever lost someone that they love. 100 years ago. <laughs> and his record label's called Lazarus. John. I think. Lord above. Okay. All right, Don, say your name again. <laughs> <laughs> this is Donovan. I like it when you call me Demon's Head. So put your hands in the air. <laughs> what? You know, I like it when you call me Big Pop. But, Demon's yeah. Head. Yeah, but Demon's Head is said. Did you get it, Donovan? Did, did you get it? Do you think I got it? No. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I'm Tessa uh, Gooley, the daughter of Ralph Gooley, a.k.a. Stella. Oh, is that your name? I need to compose myself before we go any further. <laughs> How are we going to do this? Oh, we'll do it. We'll do it. I but it's like so they, there's there's no way that I can give like a dry recap after that. I need to like catch my breath. We don't have to be dry, Sasha. <laughs> well, I know, but like I'm gonna like crack up at like laughing. Like I'm gonna be like, well, you know, everyone has a combo pot, and then like Stella's gonna say, so does Ralph Gooley and Tessa in their rap hip hop music video. Call um, me Ralph. <laughs> Call me Ralph, the demon's head. You get in my way, you will be dead. No Lazarus pit. Your bones will decay. I, I had nowhere to go from there. We have a rapper on this on this show. What? Oh yeah, Bubba. Bubba. <gasps> Bubba Moose. Have you soon forgotten? Bubba, we should do like a collaboration. Bubba Moose and Ralph Gooley. <laughs> who will be race? Ralph. Ralph. <laughs> well, St- Stella did like a rap battle between like Kimberly Rockmore and like. Yeah, so like, I mean, so yeah, Ralph Gooley and like, you know, <laughs> and Bubba Moose. Oh my god. What if she puts Barbara Kane on Renee Montoya, mixes them up? Then I quit the show. Ipso facto. Or Barbara Keen on Kermit the Frog. She could be Barbara the Frog. <laughs> what did you just say? Barbara the Frog. Should we run around in a Muppet's body with someone's hand up her back? <laughs> yes. Yes. Hopping around. <laughs> Hopping from one person. Barbara, what's happened to you? Don't make Kizzy take this so seriously. <laughs> Falcone, were you behind this? But I asked you guys a question, which was muted, apparently. I said, imagine that you're Aaron Richards, and and a Gotham producer goes up to you and hands you a script for the next episode, and in that script, your head is going to be a Kermit the Frog's body, and the producer says, this is what you will be like for the rest of the show. What do you tell that producer? Is Renee going to be Miss Give me my agent. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to question like, is, it, is it a lack of respect or Barbara it- are you smoking a joint you know I don't like that here have this- oh lay off it Renee I had a stressful day <laughs> like I do we're poisoned we're poisoned crazy. crazy indeed yeah uh, I don't I don't I don't. I don't need to introduce. You could. You could just like talk about Selena. I don't know why. Oh, that's wow. bringing it back. I go to the Lazarus Pit right after uh-huh. I die. Whoa, 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 crazy! Uh-huh. 
And now I live. <laughs> Batman, I will stab you with my sword yeah. like Shiv. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ralph, first of all, <laughs> your songs. <laughs> your, <laughs> your, your songs are clearly jealous. You want a version of like the music video director These songs are clearly just reworked versions of Britney Spears. They don't even sound like rap. You're just taking Britney Spears songs and changing it. Like, I love how it's just like, my style of speech. He always says three syllables like, and then he, he has to pause. He's like, man, 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 man. I know, right? <laughs> Oops, I did it again. You weren't even trying there. You didn't even change the name of the song. You need to go back and do this, or else I'm going to get one of the other rap artists. Dustin, one of my website doing conversion. I know you're listening. <laughs> I think you always listen when you know oh. about him, which I tell him, like, oh, you're featured on this episode. I don't know, like, I'm, I'm kind of digging the whole, like, Barbara Keene turns into Kermit the Frog thing. Like, I'm just picturing Aaron Richard's head on, like, Kermit the Frog's body and her hopping around. Playing a banjo on a lily pad. Someday we'll find it. The rainbow, the rainbow connection. The lovers. The dreamers. The dreamers. And me. And if you think about it, when you did your San Diego special, you had Kermit the Frog singing, moving right along on it, I which did. would mean that you had Barbara Gordon technically <laughs> singing. So, like, Dustin's it's related. Dustin's reaction was, I asked, I said, Dustin, what did you think? He said, when I first started listening, <laughs> I wasn't really sure about it, but then I thought, this is okay. Is that a real quote? He, wrote, he said he wasn't... At the very beginning, he thought, because of the aliens, because the whole Simpsons thing, he was totally turned off, which is, I guess, why he doesn't trust me to lead a podcast. And then I guess when Kermit started, he thought, this is okay. So maybe he has a Kermit fetish. Maybe the only shoes he has. Well, uh, his, uh, his Facebook picture has him with Kermit the Frog. That's right. Maybe that's, uh-oh. That's him and... something about Dustin. That's him and Barbara Keene. Oh heavens! Smiling from ear to ear. What if you? One of you should take that picture and Photoshop Aaron Richards <laughs> and then post it back on Facebook. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll post it. In, I'll post it in the TVU group. Even better. <laughs> I'll do it within the next, like, day. <laughs> I should do it right now while we're on the phone, just so I can hear all of you guys, like, crack up. I'm a very bad Photoshopper, though, but, like, she'll start craving flies. And, like, yep. do you think Renee Montoya would still be attracted to her? If Renee was missing. Well, she's not attracted to her now, right? Like, she kicked her out. That's true. You're a miss. We're, we're toxic, and, um... What do you think her parents would say? What would her parents say? Yeah. Uh, they, well, oh. they probably hate her more than they do now. They didn't seem to like her. 
Alright, here we go. I, I need a picture of Barbara Keen and, and Dustin's profile picture. I'm gonna do this while we're still on the call so I can get your reaction. Okay, I, I need a picture of Aaron Richards where she's like, oh, there's that stupid microphone covering Kermit's chin. This is gonna be difficult. She went to the Royal Welsh College of Music. She, she, she's, not, she's not a bad actress. She does Jack's well. Okay, Kermit. And now, Aaron Richards. I need a picture of her. Dustin's gonna be so happy. It's just what he's always wanted. What if you replaced his head with Miss Piggy? Is he, is he online? Let's get, let's get him in this. <laughs> Do you want to join the Gotham Chronicle in, in terms of making fun of your interview with Kermit the Frog? First of all, did he actually interview Kermit the Frog? And why would he do that? Was Kermit the Frog on Batman? All right, Kermit. Tell me about how <laughs> Where is his base of operations? I know, he's just like Batman. I'm posting this in the, in the, in the TBU Facebook group now. Are you tagging Dustin? He'll see it. Oh! Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> It looks so I'm, demented. I'm, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> it looks so demented. <laughs> oh no. Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm not even gonna like put any caption on this picture. I'm just gonna post it as it is. <laughs> Aaron Richards. Oh, it tagged him automatically. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just looking at Barbara. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't look so proud. You should text him, be like, hey, are you awake? Me? Yeah. He answers your text. Message him on Skype. He's always on Skype. <laughs> are you messaging him, Doc? Uh, I, think you sh- I think you should. He trusts you. Not to host He does, foolishly. <laughs> I love Dustin's face in that. I'm here with <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're here with Barbara Keen to talk about the next season of Gotham. Barbara, now that uh, Aaron Richards, <laughs> now that Barbara Keen's a frog, how would, <laughs> now she's a frog. How will her life be changing? <laughs> well, Dustin, uh, her life will be she changing quite a bit as a frog. You know, <laughs> as a frog, she's going to have some more difficulties than she does as a human. Because in addition to the to being in a love triangle with Jim Gordon and Renee Montoya, she's also going to have to deal with Miss Piggy. I see. And who will be playing Miss Piggy in Gotham next season? What is? What the hell is he going to say? What if he deleted the photo? What if he deletes it? I had it saved on my desktop. It's <laughs> it again. I'm automatically. <laughs> here's um. Here's the original picture that like I took it from. <laughs> Why is Aaron Richards Kermit the Frog? Can you explain that to me? Okay. Well, I went onto my Facebook, and my profile picture had been vandalized 
where Kermit the Frog now is Aaron Rich. We should hack into his Facebook and make that, make that his profile picture. How can you hack into... What do you think his password is? <laughs> okay. Dime. <laughs> okay. Apple, Apple de la Fuente. <laughs> like, our podcast is like... Oh, Dustin's first, like, on three, Skype. Uh, he just said yes. What should I say to him? Get on the stage. Would get you on like to come on the call? Or ask him if he's been on Facebook yet. Uh-oh. I said, would you like to join one? the rest of our chat? <clears throat> oh, I thought that the blooper sections are, like, For easy. For Gotham? Oh. Yeah, the blooper sections are, like, they're not as, as long as you forward. can explain. What the f***? <laughs> what's about to happen? We're, we're all about to be fired. <laughs> this, this is the end of the thing. I have the most to lose. Air, Air Bud Chronicles. <laughs> ah! oh, <laughs> I didn't even think yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah, because we did a different chat last time you were here. Hello. Hello. Have you been on to Facebook yet? No, why? What happened on Facebook? Uh, nothing. You'll see. The um, Batman Universe group has a, has a new image that... Uh, my fine. Wow. Okay. <laughs> it connects back to this episode that was just recorded. And it's in a nonsensical way. <laughs> Josh. Josh has a theory that uh, Barbara's head is going to be attached to Kermit the Frog's body on Gotham. By the doll maker. And then somebody said, isn't Dustin's profile picture him with um, Kermit the Frog? And then it somehow became like, yeah. So then, uh, thus that picture was born. I don't think anybody's going to understand until the episode posts then. Unless you actually, unless you didn't actually say it. Um, maybe. Then no, no we, said, we talked about that, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs>